0: Despite continued impact of COVID-19, malaria cases and deaths remained stable in 2021, states the World Health Report on Malaria. The 2022 edition of the report finds that despite disruptions to prevent the disease due to pandemic, countries around the world have largely held the line against further setbacks to control malaria. Welcome to the BL Podcast. In this podcast, we join with Jyoti Ratta, who will decode the World Malaria Report 2022 for us. So, to begin with, can you tell us about how the nations planned the malaria prevention during the pandemic and a little more
1: specifically about Indian plans? Right. Thank you, Jaipriyanka, for having me. I'll just step back a little bit to tell you a little bit about the report, the World Health Organization. They've just come out with their World Malaria Report for 2021. If one can see silver linings, the thing is that despite all efforts uh, across the world probably being uh, focused on COVID, governments have still been able to keep major setbacks from happening to malaria prevention or, or, you know, the testing, the treatment and all of that. That's what the data of the latest report says. And again, uh, you know, so they've said that malaria deaths, for instance, in 2021 stood at about 6,19,000. Compared to 2020, which, which was 6,25,000. So it's it's a little lower. And um, compared to 2019, which was the pre-pandemic here, um, the number of deaths was about 5,68,000. A, a note on data as always, you know, here it's not just about numbers. Finally, every number that we are talking about here is a life and, and a person and the family around it. So that is something that the report has pointed out. By and large, what they have said is that some of the efforts that governments have put forward, whether it is distributing insecticide-treated mosquito nets to people, or whether it was uh, diagnostic kits or medicines, and all of that has seen an improvement and has seen uh, greater distribution last year. So from what we understand, the first year of COVID had really hit services. But I think governments—what what the report seems to suggest is that governments have recouped and managed to uh, get some, you know, level of prevention back. Now, when we are talking of India, India is a high burdened country for malaria. So that, but that said, there has been a slight decline that has been seen in the number of deaths. Globally, the number of cases for malaria uh, in 2021 was at 247 million. This is compared to 245 million in 2020 and 232 million in 2019. Now, when we come to India reports out or that is, uh, when you look at from the WHO point of view, it's the Southeast Asia region. The Southeast Asia region accounted for about 2% of the malaria cases globally, and India was responsible for 79% of the cases. So we get an understanding of the, uh, in, in sheer volume, what that means. And India accounted for about 82% of the malarial deaths in this region, that is the Southeast Asia region in 2021. That's uh, where it stands in terms of the sheer numbers. But India has been, um, you know, moving towards, you know, with efforts to eradicate malaria by 2030. So there have been a lot of efforts that are already on that includes uh, in terms of uh, the surveillance, the medication and diagnosis and all of that. And the thing, um, challenge for India really is um, sometimes the hilly regions, uh, you know, so in terms of access, you know, when you have hilly regions and forest regions, you have a lot of mosquitoes there with malaria being a vector-borne disease. So that's that's part of the challenge. And so the way, um, you know, people who work with malaria want this to be handled better as we move towards that 2030 uh, benchmark is that they want departments to work together, whether it's, back to you, uh, Jay Prakash.
0: So moving on, you mentioned about the malaria numbers that the, you know, the World Health Report globally presented. I see there is a kind of conflict between WHO estimates and the official government data. So how should we see that? And have we got any reply from the government on this?
1: It's not really like a contradiction in that sense, but uh, may have to do from from what people working with malaria say. It's more of uh, the difference in reporting uh, possibly that uh, has uh, led to the number. So what you're referring to is that the WHO uh, estimates on the India burden being at about 4.3 million, that is 43 lakh. And the official Indian government, uh, you know, numbers pegging it at about a lakh and 60,000. Now from people who work on malaria and we have uh, you know the Indian arm of a US NGO for instance called Malaria No More uh, who work in India in from states like Orissa which which is a high endemic state now they have commented on this discordance in numbers you know what their country director seems to have said in a statement yesterday is that the discordance in numbers possibly because a lot of Treatment is done in private institutions, and and what you need to do when something like that happens is, uh, as we see in TB, where uh, tuberculosis is made a notified disease, so which means if you have a private uh, doctor treating you, you're supposed to also tell the government so that it's there on their records and that it you know that data is captured. So um, that needs to be done with malaria, so that uh, you know uh, treatment that is being done in. Um, private institutions uh, gets captured in the overall government data as well. So we'll still have to see on that whether uh, that's exactly what is causing this uh, discordance in numbers. Yeah
0: talking about the steps that the indian government has taken or the global globally the other country governments have taken do the report talk about the malaria funding and whether the report points out to any challenges in uh, sourcing uh, funding for uh, malaria this time
1: so again, on funding, a report says that funding has come in and it has been better than previous year. So to give you a number, uh, that's $3.5 billion in 2021, uh, which is, uh, according to them, an increase from the two previous years. But below the estimated benchmark of $7.3 billion, which is required globally to stay on track to tackle malaria. Now, you know, you have to understand that, uh, malaria is just one of the many public health concerns that are there across the world that need to be addressed. So there are so many things that are seeking similar attention in terms of funding. So is there pressure on funding? Yes, there is pressure on funding, but there are, uh, several agencies like you have, you know, global fund for uh, HIV AIDS and malaria, which uh, looks to raise funds. And, but uh, going by the report uh, at 3.5 billion still, still short of pretty much at the halfway mark of the 7 billion or that is required. Uh, there's one thing which is in terms of the money that is required, but there are other challenges that malaria control face, uh, which is not just things like the pandemic, but also you have wars and, you know, you have strife-torn regions, um, which becomes, you know, when you have a war-torn region or a strife-hit region, you it becomes difficult to carry out control measures like distributing insecticide-treated nets and stuff like that to access, you know, or, or to have better uh, distribution of diagnostic kits or to have surveillance in such regions. But we do have a good example from Sri Lanka where despite their uh, you know, the strife that was there, they did eradicate malaria. So there, there is a positive there as well that the efforts were on and they could control. So talking
0: about plans to bring down uh, malaria in the future, uh, what can we expect in the control plans? Will there be any new innovations coming up in the treatment of malaria?
1: It's it's all not. So you're right there. It's not all uh, gloom and doom in that sense. 2023 will see a good thing in terms of a malaria vaccine getting used. So that will be a first. Some regions will see the vaccine getting used. So that is something that, uh, you know, many will be looking out for. The other things that... um, There are many in the pipeline. There are more vaccines in the pipeline. And so, what happens now is nets that are given. One is just the basic mosquito net, the other is it's treated with insecticide, you know, to prevent mosquitoes from getting there. And so, people are looking at um, longer lasting insecticide combinations, for instance. You know, there are other targeted baits to attract mosquitoes. And then there's very interesting genetic engineering of mosquitoes so that they don't reproduce. uh, You know, so there's all of this that this um, then there are uh, tests that are able to pick up so malaria like tuberculosis is something that is uh, if the if the medicine is not given and not taken in in the in the way that it should be you could have resistance uh, against these medicines. So which means it will not work again for a person who has malaria. So that is a very huge problem that uh, people are looking at in terms of drug resistance. And so they're looking at medicines that do not uh, create resistance. They're looking at tests that pick up resistance in people. So all of these tools are um, some of the exciting scientific tools that are there. So that's something to watch out for. Uh, in terms of the future pipeline. I just wanted to bring in that bit about, you know, beyond the pandemic, uh, even if regions are hit, uh, hmm. you know, it becomes difficult to roll out uh, any any public health measure, not just malaria.
0: Thank you very much for joining this podcast today and explaining the WHO's malaria report to us ma'am.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, listeners, for listening to us. I hope we have covered the major points that the report said about malaria across the globe. Stay tuned until we get back to you in another podcast. This is Jayapriyankar signing off.